This episode is brought to you by Habit Aware. What better way to start 2024 than by bringing awareness to your BFRB? My Keen 2 brings awareness to my trichotillomania by giving my wrist a gentle hug or vibration when I'm doing the scanning behavior. Bring awareness into your life by visiting barbaralley.com slash habitaware and use code LALLYLOVE for 10% off the replacement training bundle. My name's Ellie. I'm 19 years old. Um, I'm a college student and I've been struggling with trichotillomania since I was about, I'd say, 13. I think it might have started a little before then, but it was really recognized around the age of 13. My parents started noticing I had bald spots. I myself didn't really notice. I think I was maybe a little bit in denial um, of what was happening. At first, like the very first time my mom brought up, she was like, are you wrapping your hair in a towel too tight when you get out of the shower? And is that pulling your hair out? And I was like, I guess, like, I don't know, because I, at that point, I didn't know what I was doing. I don't think I really registered that I was pulling out my own hair. It might have been a protective measure, but it also might have just been, I like, didn't realize that it was happening. And yeah, it just, it went on from there. I struggled pretty much, like, until now. I'm 19 now, so it's been a bit. I go to therapy. I've learned to cope. I've learned to manage it. But I still struggle to this day because it's, it's difficult to live with. It's not terrible. Like, I think it's really built up who I am. I would have been such a different person than I am now if I hadn't been faced with this. So after you and your parents kind of figured out, okay, it's not the towel that is too tight when you come out of the shower and you are pulling your hair, what were the next steps? I was in seventh grade. I was searching Google. I was like, what is happening to my hair? Like, because I think after we realized it wasn't the towel thing. I was like, I don't know what's going on. So I just started Googling and I came to the point where I Googled pulling out my own hair. And I saw the word trichotillomania. I immediately, I remember I was in the cafeteria where we would all stay before school started when the buses would drop us off. And I'm like trying to like tilt my phone away from my friends and I'm sending her like links about trichotillomania. So I sent them to her. And then when I get home from school, she's like, hey, like I saw what you sent me. And I think we should go to the doctor about it. And immediately I was like, no, I don't want to do that. Because I've always been not avoidant of doctors, but it's just, it's nobody's favorite place, you know. But she scheduled an appointment. This appointment was really hard for me. It's one of my core memories of like my whole trichotillomania journey. Because I was just, I was so, I just did not want help. I remember I was standing and crying in the corner while my doctor was giving my mom therapist recommendations because I was like, no, I don't want therapy. That means something's wrong with me. I don't want to recognize that I pull up my hair because again, that means something's wrong with me. And looking back now, I realized that like, there's, I love therapy. I benefit so much from it. I, I still go to this day and it's, it's helped me so much. And just like anyone listening, like that there's nothing wrong with you. Like everyone should go to therapy. Everyone needs therapy it's an outlet. It's it's just help. It's an outside ear that doesn't know anything, that don't know the people in your lives. It's, it's just such a great place. And so I started going to therapy. And I'd say the first four years I was in therapy, I got nowhere. I would 
avoid all questions about my hair. My therapist and I would sit in silence for minutes at a time. She would just stare at me and I would stare back at her because I, I refused to talk about my hair. I think it came from a place of like, I just, I did not want to admit that I was doing that. And I, I really felt like a loss of control with my hair. So I, I didn't want to admit that because to me, it felt like I was weak and it was something I wasn't able to handle. And I shouldn't have to have someone else's help to help me handle it. Because in my mind, I was like, I, I need to be able to handle it myself. So just for those first like four years, I just got nowhere. Like I definitely benefited from those four years, but with my, because we talked about other stuff like anxiety, but most of that time I just, I was reluctant to talk about my hair. And I love that you shared that experience because for some people that is the case. They don't want to admit this or get help for this. They kind of want to push it to the back. Some people see the name and they go, great, okay, I have something, it's real. Other people are like, oh, no, 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 I don't like that. And so I'm really grateful that you are sharing your experience so openly because a lot of people can relate to that. So when I first, I got like the official diagnosis and it just, it affected me in a way that like, I I was like, I can't believe this is real. It's just like, I, like, I didn't want to be defined by the diagnosis, but I was like, I had to acknowledge that this was a big part of my life. And then it most likely would be part of my life for the rest of my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it, it took a second to sink in because I was like, wow, this is something that I'm going to have to deal with. I'm going to learn how to manage it. But that's not the end of the world. If anything, it gives me more resilience to like move forward. And one of the things that I did that I think really benefited me is I went to the BFRB conference one of the years before COVID because I know, I don't know if they've been doing them now, but I went before COVID and I think at the time I maybe was in eighth grade. I had never seen anyone that I had. I was at one point I was completely bald. I had pulled out all my hair. But at that point, I think I just had a ton of bald patches and I had never seen someone that looked like me. And so going there was extremely eye opening and it was it really benefited me because I was like, wow, like there are people like me and like I'm not alone. And I I was super scared of the conference because like I'm a shy person in general. And talking about like being here like today is a lot for me because like just talking about my experience, it's, it's a heavy thing. It's something that's really affected me. So it's hard to talk about. And at, I was like a year into therapy at that point. I didn't know much about trichotillomania. I don't know a ton now, but like I've definitely gained some knowledge. But before I, I knew nothing about it, I was younger and I was shyer than I am now. So it was so hard for me to like talk to the people my age there. And my mom was like, you have to go to like the youth groups they have there. I want you to talk to these people that are like your age and are struggling with the same thing. And again, I, it was pushed, I was pushing back, but like I ended up going, they had like a teen section. I went to that group and just like, we sat in a circle in the room and it was just so mind blowing to see that I was just surrounded by people who, who were going through the same exact thing that I was. And that was just, that was so different. Cause I, I had never seen anyone that looked like me before. And I love that when you listen to people share, sometimes it feels like trichotillomania is so unique to us, like, you know, rubbing the root on our lips. And then I hear someone else say it and I'm like, it kind of breaks down those walls of shame because I'm like, oh, we are actually very similar. Exactly. I think one of the hardest parts, like still to this day to talk about is the specific behaviors I do when I pull out my hair. And I just... It's not that I'm ashamed of it, but even like to this day, it's like, it feels weird for me to talk about. So like in that group, when people were talking about like the specific places they pulled or the ways they pulled, 
it was just so eye-opening for me because I was like, wow, like these people do it too. And it's not just me. I'm not some like person living some odd life. Like there's people like me, you know? So I noticed for myself personally that my trichotillomania will come in waves. And sometimes I'll pull a little bit. Other times I have huge bald spots, eyelashes, eyebrows gone. Have you noticed that same undulating pattern with your trichotillomania? I definitely have. I didn't, I think very recently I've noticed it more because, so I pulled pretty severely, like my whole head. I was bald by the end of high school. I was wearing wigs. And then last year, I started college last year. And I kind of, I, my pulling started slowing down. I was noticing it. I was like, wow, like I saw some regrowth. I stopped wearing a wig because my hair was getting longer. And I was like, wow, like, am I like able to keep growing this hair that I've grown? And then last, I'd say around like last winter, I just stopped. I don't know what made me stop. I don't know the exact day I stopped, but I just stopped pulling out my hair. And like a couple months later, I guess after the day I stopped, I was like, wow, like I, I just can't remember the last time I pulled out my hair. I was like, let's keep this going. Um, so I continue into the summer. And then one day over the summer, I just started pulling again. And that was like this past summer. So it was pretty recent. I've been pulling since then. And I think it was really hard for me to accept because I had gone like a good six months without pulling. And I was like, wow, like I'm finally done pulling. I don't have to deal with bald spots anymore. Like I'm healed. I'm finished. But then it came back and I was like, ouch. But then I I went through a really rough patch last fall. And just a lot of stuff from when I first got diagnosed started catching up to me. Like, I don't have control of myself. I'm just going to have to be bald the rest of my life. That was a couple months ago. And now, like, now that I've talked to my therapist about it, I've talked to the people who support me in my life. And I've realized, like, it's not a linear path. I'm not going to be able to just completely stop and I don't have to completely stop. It's not something that's going to ruin my life. I can live with it. I, I'm learning to manage it day by day. And just because I've had this setback doesn't mean I failed. I think really identifying my stressors and the things that really trigger me is something that's benefited me because I realized I started pulling. I had a conflict with a friend and that I wouldn't say it triggered it, but I was also gearing up for my second year of school that was a bit stressful just because the transition from summer to fall is one of the harder things for me because it's going into a whole new school year. So it helps that I know like, oh, I might expect more pulling at this time just so I'm not totally blindsided by it anymore. Because I was, I was really happy when I stopped pulling. I was telling everyone, not everyone, but my close ones, I was like, I think I'm finally free of my trick, but it's not like that. And it's okay that it's not like that because in the end, it's not, I used to say like, I can't control myself and like, I can't lose this habit, but like, it's not a habit you need to lose. It's just a habit you need to manage. And it's not even a habit. I'm sorry. That's a bad word, but it's just something that I need to learn to manage. It's not something I need to rid of out of my life. It's just something I have to learn the times where I do it, how I do it and how I can stop it and not just stop it, but like lessen it. I know stop it is a bad word. But just it's not it's not going to ruin my life. And it's not something that makes me any less than anyone else. It's just learning to manage it. You mentioned before that, you know, you were very shy and you didn't want to talk about your trichotillomania. Tell me how you went from that to ending up sharing with friends and having this support system. I think there was one point where I was like, this is part of me. I can't. I mean, I was bald. I was like, I have to 
there's a reason why I'm bald and it shouldn't be a reason I'm ashamed of. It's just who I am. Um, so I started, this was probably around like the start of high school. I started telling my friends, they were all very supportive. I'm very grateful for that. I'm very fortunate. My mom has always been like my biggest supporter with it. She joined like a bunch of like Facebook support groups like as soon as I got diagnosed. And at the time I was like, mom, you're so annoying. But like now I'm like grateful for it because she was, she's just trying to help, you know, she's just trying to be there for me. Because I can only imagine people like whose parents, I know there's a lot of cases where the parents like don't understand. And I'm not saying my mom fully understands, but she tries to be there for me how I need it. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. I think when I like really was ready to share with like everyone in the public was over this past summer because one of my childhood friends, her mom knows I have trick because she, she saw me when I was younger. She texted me one day and she was like, one of my friend's daughters has trick, I think, or she, she wasn't really sure what it was, but she was like, I think she is the, the thing you have. And I was like, oh yeah. And she was like trying to talk to someone who has it. So the mother was because she doesn't really know how to approach it because her daughter's younger. I think her daughter was like nine or 10. And she was like, it would be so wonderful if you could talk to her over the phone. And at first I was like, I don't know. Like, I would, I don't know what to say. Like, what does she want me to say? And she's like, you don't, you don't have to say some like lesson. You can just tell her about it. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I called her like, it was like the next week. And at first I was like at a loss of words. I was like, I don't even know what to say. Like your daughter pulls out her hair. Like, not it is what it is, but like, that's, that's what's happening. So it took me a second and I gathered my bearings. And then I was finally like, oh, like, are you looking for ways to support her? Because it's, it's so hard, like going through this thing. And I know like finding as an outside person, it's so hard to like figure out how to support someone who's going through this. And I was like, I think the best way is just to ask her what she needs at this moment. I read this book uh, by this author and she talked about how her parents would make her like clean up the hair she pulled out and i was like i just i think things like that aren't very beneficial you know it's like it comes from like the idea of shaming them and not even shaming them but like i know it's important to acknowledge what you're doing but i think as a person that pulls it it's just shame it feels like a shaming kind of thing just like support and like ask her what she needs don't try to force like any kind of head coverings because that again brings the shame and then I just, I told her about like my story. I shared my experience, which was the first time I've ever shared my story. I would say even like with my friends, I never told them like, I never like went way back. I never told them like the whole thing, but I told her like almost like everything that had happened. I also told her how I had started pulling again and how she can't always expect like her daughter's pulling to be linear because it's not always going to be that way. And that just to keep the support up if she's pulling or if she's not pulling. When you first had to get a wig, tell mm. me about that. Uh, so I was in, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. And at that point I had pulled out all my hair and it was really hard because I was bald, but I wasn't completely bald. I was like patchy bald. So somehow to me personally, that made it worse because it wasn't just like a total baldness. It was like patches and it just, for some reason, like it just, it looked worse to me in my head because it's like, oh, like. It's not like you look like you're sick or anything. It looks like you have patches all over your head. Like, what's wrong with you? That's like what I would say in my head to myself, which was like really bad. I shouldn't have been doing that. But that's just, that's things that happen when like you pull out your hair because it's, it's hard. I had been looking into wigs with my mom and she found this site that did, it's called, I think it's called Hair Care for Kids or Hair Club for Kids. And they did like free, but like professional wigs, like wigs that were like tailored to your hair color 
into like your head size. So we went down to the place. It was in downtown Chicago because at that time I lived in the suburbs of Chicago. So I remember the drive down. I was so nervous. Um, I used to wear bandanas before I got a wig. So I like had my bandana on and everything. Did you know HabitAware also offers virtual peer coaching? This one-to-one peer-based program will coach you through shifting mindset, practicing healthy strategies, and creating your personal roadmap to recovery. To work with me, Ellen, or Anila, head over to habitaware.com slash coaching today. And I just remember sitting in the car right there. I was like, is this, like, how is this going to change me? Like, I don't want it to, like, change how I feel about my hair pulling, but I, I feel like, like, I don't want it to, like, shame me for not having hair, but I think it just would be beneficial for me at the moment. Because I didn't want it to, like, put me down in any way and, like, leave me scared to not wear, you know? I wanted it to help me, but also not put me down. So that was one of my main concerns. Uh, we get there, and they do, like, the measurements for my head. I'm, like, so nervous the whole time. Also, like, I have someone touching my head. And during my hair pulling, I was I never let anyone touch my hair. It was just, it was it's such a sensitive part of me. So, like, I didn't go to the hairdresser at all during that time. Or at least I hadn't been in years. And... So someone touching my head was like really hard for me because I had just not let anyone touch it for so long. The wake, it took about three months to produce because it was like real human hair. So it took a while. And then like three months later, we got the call that it was ready. And I was like really excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have hair again. Not saying that hair is everything, but it was it was a big deal for me because I, I hadn't had hair in so long. And it, it made me feel normal again and totally fine to those who don't wear wigs. But for me personally, it really helped me Um, emotionally. And I got my wig and I was so excited. But then I started pulling out my wig, which was really hard for me because it was supposed to be covering up my bald spots and I was making bald spots on the wig. And that was super hard for me because it was like, this is supposed to be the thing covering up what you've been doing, but now you're doing it to the thing that's covering you up. And then I remember at one point it had gotten so bad and my parents were like, why do you even wear it anymore? Because, you know, you've destroyed it. And I know they didn't mean it that way, but the word like destroyed, like really hit me because I was like, you know, you're saying like I destroyed that and I, I it just hit me hard. And then I stopped wearing it after that because like they were right. It was in really bad shape. Like it barely had any hair left. It was basically just a wig cap at that point. But I insisted on wearing it because it was it was like protecting me emotionally for the hair underneath. But it, it was as bad as the hair underneath. So it was it was just this tricky situation. I ended up getting a second wig. I actually got a wig between my second wig because the second wig took again three months to make so I had to have a temporary wig that one was a cheaper wig so it was very obvious that it was a wig and I think that was also very hard because going to school with something because the the more expensive ones like you can tell if you get up close but from a distance they do look very natural so going back to school this was right right after winter break I think going back to school with a very cheap synthetic wig was hard because then it was like why is she wearing a wig? Because I just feel like throughout high school, it was either why is she bald? Why does she have bald patches? Or why did she have a wig? Like, I felt like I could not win because it was it was just always questioning my hair, you know? So I got my third wig, finally, the one that looked more realistic. And then that one only needed to last like a couple months for me because I decided to stop wearing my wig shortly after I got the third one because I felt my hair had grown out long enough because I think also wearing the wig protected my hair because then I couldn't pull out my actual hair 
Um, but it was also bad because then I was pulling out the wig hair. But it was beneficial for me. That was the end of my senior year. So I felt like I, I had like prom, my graduation. So having hair for that really boosted my confidence. Not saying that you need hair for confidence, but me personally, that's just how I felt. And I was really happy with it. It was, I think it can be really beneficial if that's the kind of look you're looking for. But again, your hair is beautiful no matter how it is. But just for me, it, it really helped me. I know high school, any school can just be really tough to navigate. When I was pulling in high school too, I had like hair extensions and it was the same type of conversation of like, why do you have fake hair in? What's going on? What's going on? How were you able to navigate all those questions coming at you? Usually, so most people wouldn't ask, they would just stare, which honestly I feel is worse than people asking because then it's just like them judging you without actually getting an answer. So they don't know actually what you're going through. So walking through the hallways, it was just stares. It was hard, but I think people who did ask, so my close friends were like, oh, are you okay? Because obviously I actually had a, I had a teacher once ask me if I was okay because I was losing hair. And I, I didn't take any offense to it. Like it's, it's a touchy subject for me, but I, it comes from a place of concern. So I, I wasn't offended by it. I was, I kind of usually just handled it by saying, oh, like I have this, I don't want to say thing, but I have this condition where I, I pull out my hair. I can't control it. I actually, I babysit a lot. I nanny. I have been uh, since a young age. So I had a lot of kids that I would watch ask me what happened to your hair. I had moms of those kids ask my mother, what, is she okay? Is Ellie okay? And it's, yeah, I'm okay. I'm fine. Thank you. I know it all comes from a place of curiosity and concern, never a bad place. But at some point it does get exhausting because it's like, I shouldn't have to explain myself. Like, I know I look different, but I still shouldn't have to provide an explanation to you. But I just got used to it. And again, like I said, it doesn't come from a bad place. So I never was offended by it, but it does the same thing over and over. It's a lot, but I learned to manage it. Because of your trichotillomania, were there things that you felt that you had to avoid? Social situations, things like that? Definitely a lot of things. So the worst, probably the worst polling of my life happened during COVID, which was good because we were online. We didn't go in person to school, but then I had to turn my camera on and I would do everything. I would like cross my fingers that the teacher would not ask to turn on our cameras because it's really hard. Just like even if it's on a person, just turning on your camera when my hair was in what I think was the worst state of my life, or at least I thought that at the time, is really hard. My closest friends, they all had they have known me forever. They watched my hair slowly disappear. So I felt like I didn't have to hide anything from them. But I think just like the basic public spaces, like the grocery store was really hard because like people just stare. I might like after going through all this, I always try to never, ever stare at people. I just I try not to stare because not saying that like there's anyone worth staring at. But if I ever if something ever like catches my eye I don't I literally just glaze over it because that's that's none of my business I don't know what they're going through and I know they probably don't want eyes on them like in that manner growing up did you ever have other BFRBs nail biting skin picking I actually didn't which was really odd because I remember my therapist mentioning that it's very common I never bit my nails nothing like that so it did come a little out of the blue I wouldn't say out of the blue but like I never had any of those behaviors beforehand I've always been fidgety, but it's never been on my own body. 
as you age with trichotillomania, are there things that you gravitate toward that you say, you know what, this actually is helpful to me. I like doing this and I will continue to do it until it stops becoming helpful. I think one of the main things that I've been doing is just being in public spaces because I usually am pretty good about not pulling in public spaces. So I, whenever I'm like studying for school, I will always go to the library or I will go to the student center because I just know in those places, I'm less at a risk for pulling out my hair because when I'm in my dorm alone or even in some like back hidden corner of the library, I tend to pull out my hair. So I have to like put myself front and center just to lessen the risk of me pulling out my hair. But fidget toys, I definitely recommend. I There's this one that's like spaghetti. Do you know like the stress spaghetti? It's like, it feels, it's it's like one of the pulley things, but it's like spaghetti. It's just a bunch of like loose little things. So it kind of mimics hair in a way. So I, I found that really uh, helpful because you can like stretch it and pull it uh, just like you pull out hair. Things like that. I always see like the Dr. Pimple Popper toys. I think that would have been like helpful or like pumice stones where you can like pick like things out of the holes. Like I think something I've never had one, but I definitely think things that mimic pulling or picking help the most just because I can get that same kind of relief from that. What advice would you give listeners who want to start sharing their story? I think definitely don't rush into it. But when you're ready, you'll know, you realize this is something that the world deserves to hear and that it will help you like deep down. Because like being here today, like I feel like it's helping me because it's just it's so helpful to talk about talking about in therapy is so helpful, but that's behind closed doors. No one hears that. But I think just saying it for the world and just like proving that you're not ashamed of it and that you can talk about it. It's something to talk about. It's not something we should be hiding. It deserves to have a conversation about it because it's definitely one of like the lesser known things on like the mental health spectrum. Like when I bring it up to a lot of people, they're like, oh, I don't know what that is. Or when we talk about it, like I took like psych in high school and we talked about it like she said like one sentence about it and that was about it. Um, and I know because it, it's just like one of like the lesser known things, but so many people struggle from it, like a big percentage of the population. Don't be scared to say it because so many people are going through what you're going through and you never know, like something you might say might inspire someone else who's been holding back. And then now what advice would you give someone who just started their BFRB journey yeah. and they're confused? It just came on. It's okay to be confused because, I mean, when I first started, I, I had no idea. I didn't even acknowledge it. It's a hard thing to deal with, but that it's not the end of the world. And you, there are ways that you can manage it. There are ways that you can cope with it. Um, there are people in your life who will be there for you because, in, like, when you pull your hair, you feel so alone because it's just something that's never talked about. But in the end, like, there's so many people like you. And don't feel discouraged. Also, like, the same thing where it's not – a straightforward path you're not gonna always like be pulling the same amount and don't let that get you down because when I first started pulling again this fall I was really bummed because it was really hard because I thought I was like free of it but it's not like that and it's okay that it's not like that because you can deal with it and the whole point of like going through it is learning how to manage and every day it builds you stronger and stronger even if you don't feel it looking back now I just I realized how much of a more resilient person I am after I've gone through this. Like, I can't even imagine who I would be without my hair pulling. Has your trichotillomania changed your life in general and how you view it? I think it's just given me a ton of perspective on, like, everyone is going through something. 
and also like how you can find a support system. Before my friends were my friends, I loved them. Um, nothing wrong with that, but going through something like this and still having them by my side made me so grateful. I'm so much more thankful. Not saying I wasn't thankful before then, but like going through something like this and still having them by your side. When I was bald, I was like, they're not going to invite me to anything because they don't want to be seen with someone bald, but they would invite me because they're my friends and, you know, they don't care what you look like. They're there for you. And I think in my head, I was like, wow, like that's for some reason, it was so insane to me that they would still want to spend time with me. Uh, so it's just given me a lot of perspective on who is there for you, who will support you in times like this, and that I'm just so grateful. Just recently, it's given me a lot of time to think about how strong, like strong of a person it takes to go through something like this. You don't realize it at the moment. You don't realize it as you're going through. But like looking back now, it's just crazy that like I was like, bald in high school, like a teenage girl bald in high school. And I like made it this far and it wasn't the end of the world. And in high school, it was the end of the world. Cause it's like, wow, I'm bald. I can't do this. But like I made it through and I've gained so much from it. I'd say I have a lot more empathy as a person. Not that I didn't have empathy before, but like it's really built up my compassion for others. Cause looking at someone just like that one look, you don't know anything about them. I'd say I'm less judgmental now. Not that I was super judgmental before, but it's really helped me just like people have their own lives. They have stuff going on. You don't know that stuff. Don't make assumptions. It just helped me in so many ways and I wouldn't be the same person. Mm -hmm.